0: I'm Linda Grant. I'm here at the Olive Branch Farmer's Market. Hi, my name is Crystal Jones. This is Camille White with Sassy
1: Sauce. I'm here at the Olive Branch Farmer's Market. This is Kayla Woods here at the OB's Farmer's Market, and I'm selling Kayla's homemade lemonade. Hi, this is Gloria Gray out here at the Farmer's Market. I'm with Glow G Crafts. Hi, this is Laura with Athena Coffee Roasters. I'm here at the Olive Branch Farmer's Market listening to my favorite podcast, OB Pod.
2: Afternoon, Cash. Afternoon, Zach. How's it been for you this week, brother? Man, it's been a long week, but it's been a good one. You know, we had the nice Memorial Day weekend. Well, the extra day for the weekend, but it was good to see the ceremony get live broadcasted, unlike alderman meetings, which I went to on Tuesday. And it was a good one. It was short, but there were some fiery things happening in there. Got a little spice in that one. It, it, it did get a little spicy. I'm excited to talk about it. I heard that. And then, you know, just a little bit of gambling fun. A little bit of NBA playoff basketball. Nets up 1-0 against the Bucks. Anyone that hates me for it, hey, go ahead. I'm a huge Kevin Durant fan. Went to the University of Texas. And then the uh, Belmont Stakes just ended on Saturday. Congratulations to that horse. No triple crown winner this year.
3: Huh. I'll be dang. Well, you talk about a busy week. There's no doubt about that, you know. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention it, but uh, one of the most ex- exciting things this week was uh, being recognized by a national magazine. Kind, kind of crazy. I'm but. not afraid to pat ourselves on the back <laughs> and say that uh, we were found out by a magazine out of California that wants to highlight our show as being innovative and up-and-coming for the community. And, uh but yeah, podcastmagazine.com is going to feature us, so hopefully in the next couple months we had a great interview with them on Wednesday. Yeah, uh um, August
2: issue, you'll be able to see our smiling goofy faces somewhere in it and possibly even on the cover. Yeah, more
3: more goofy than, you know, <laughs> anything else, but uh yeah, it was great a little interview. The editor was awesome, Miko. And, uh, you know, it was some good questions. And it was also really nice to be able to highlight Olive Branch on a national scale.
2: I think that's what really did it for me because I just actually saw a magazine in my commercial appeal. Yeah, I'm still somebody that gets the paper delivered. But <laughs> uh, it came with a nice little magazine in there talking about the state of Mississippi. And Olive Branch, back in 2017, was the number five city to live in in the entire nation. Well, I hope it hadn't changed much. But. No, I mean, I, I figure we're still up in the top four, especially with a lot of good things coming in our future from all the talks we've had with the future mayors. Because oh, we yeah. know one of them's going to win. Oh, yeah, one of them's going
3: to win. But uh, I tell you, the hardest part of my week was is that you know it was great having a lot Wednesday, mm-hmm. but on Friday was like truly the last day for most of the employees. Was my last day, you know, okay. school, and I, that's when I it came to kind of a slap in the face or a realization that a lot of good people are leaving. Our school, and it's not because they wanted to go, it's because life happens, you yeah. Know what I mean, and uh, you know, and, and I hate it because they're, they're just some phenomenal people. Some were kind of pillars of the school, but like anything, that's part of it. Life has changed, and but I gotta tell you the story, man. We're sitting there in the faculty dining hall, having a good chat, saying farewell to one of our counselors. She's leaving, uh, to go to a great position to the northeast side of the state. Um, where her family's from, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm happy for her. One of our ladies up front was telling us a story about a former employee we had from years back, and uh, she said she'd never really talked about it, and we were just cracking up. And I was like, "Well, yeah, I didn't hear this. Tell me the story." And she said that uh, a teacher who used to work for us back in the day came in and was kind of having a moment and wanted to speak to one of the counselors, and, mm-hmm. and that counselor wasn't available. And uh, she's like, "It's going to be all right," you know. And she's like, "And so the teacher went back to the classroom, and so the the lady, the front desk lady, was like, 'You know, I'm just going to go check on her.'" And stuff, and went to her classroom and was talking to her. And about that time, her phone started dinging from all the office ladies, the counselors' office, and like that. And they were all complaining uh, about the smell and the odor. And and so, so, she's on, she's talk, texting on her yeah. phone, and she's down there trying to consult this teacher who wanted to speak to a counselor about you know something personal issue. I don't know what it was. And the whole time, she's sitting her text messages, Well, the teacher goes, well, "What's what's what's going on?" And everything else. Well, come to find out. They're, they're in the office complaining about how somebody just blew up the bathroom <laughs> and everything else. And it's the most god-awful thing ever and this, that, or so on. And so she's sitting there texting him going, and she's telling the teacher right there yeah. that, oh, yeah, yeah, somebody just destroyed the bathroom. And everybody in the office is in an uproar, this, that, or so on. Unbeknownst to her, it was that teacher. Oh, no. You know? And so, of course, we're all dying while we're eating lunch <laughs> and everything else. I mean, my ribs were hurting. Couldn't believe it! I was oh, like, "How oh, have I not heard this story so many years are Back, you know, it just reminded me of the camaraderie.
2: Like, well, I mean, know? that's like a pride shame thing, you know. You're just like, "Oh my God, I hope no one knows it was me." But if they don't, woo! Yeah, really, really stuck it to everybody right there. <laughs> yeah, sock it to them. Really.
3: But uh, you know, so it, it was. I, I get it's funny, and yeah, I was laughing my tail off. But it was like just seeing everybody because there was ten or fifteen of us in there eating lunch together, and everybody laughing and having yeah. time because everybody was comfortable with each other. And so to see somebody leave, it was tough. But, you know, like I said, it's part of life. It is what it is. But, yeah, other than that, good week. Can't complain. Uh, But I do want to tell the listeners that Cash and I want to apologize. Last week, we wanted to do something a little bit more regarding uh, Memorial Day. and just kind of happened on the same day. And some things happened in time. But we received an awesome story. Uh, about an American hero from somebody who sent it to me in an article and I was like, you know, this is just too good not to mention.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you sent me the email and I was just like, we got to put it in.
3: I wish we had put this in last week's episode, but I think y'all should really be able to hear it. It's about an American hero a lot of people don't really know about. Uh, and there's a, there is also a Facebook post. That's where I got a lot of this information from. So we'll also try to share it when we get this week's episode. But I want to tell you about a true war hero. Ten days ago, in 1971, the most decorated combat hero in World War II was tragically killed. Audie Leon Murphy wasn't supposed to be a hero. In fact, when he tried to join the military, the Marines rejected him. Because of his small size, even the paratroopers rejected him as well. Disappointed, he joined the infantry. The young Texan wasn't one to be kept down, though. He soon proved himself to be a skilled marksman and a brave soldier. Perhaps his most famous demonstration of bravery occurred in January 26 1945. He was in a small town in France with his unit of only 40 men. They had been ordered to hold a particular road until reinforcements arrived, and unfortunately, the Nazis chose that moment to attack. Murphy's men were badly outnumbered. They were up against 250 Nazis and six tanks. Murphy ordered his men to fall back into the woods, even as he picked up his field phone and called for an Allied artillery attack. As Allies' fire fell, he was able to take control of a burning tank. Perhaps more importantly, he took control of its machine gun. Germans were all around him, but he fired on the Nazi infantry for over an hour until his ammunition ran out. He was talking on the field fold the whole time, helping direct Allied artillery fire. When his ammunition was finally exhausted, he left the tank, refusing medical treatment for his injuries, and he organized the men in a counterattack. In the end, Murphy and his 40 men rebuffed over 250 Germans. After the war, Murphy came home to a hero's welcome. He had earned 28 awards, including the Medal of Honor and some French and Belgian honors. He earned every American Medal of valor. He's done all this while he was only 20 years old. He was soon featured on the cover of Life magazine, which brought him the attention of Hollywood. The soldier-turned-actor would go on to act in a dozen movies, and his memoirs would be made into a film, To Hell and Back. He also became a songwriter. Sadly, Murphy's life was cut short as he died in a private plane crash on May 28, 1971. After his death, he was buried with full military honors in Arlington Cemetery. A few years ago, his home state of Texas posthumously awarded him the greatest military honor, the Texas Legislative Medal of Honor. The poor son of a sharecropper was not supposed to be a hero, and yet he was. Determination, perseverance, and exceeding
2: expectations. How American. Truly the American story right there. Coming from nothing, a little bit of Captain America being too scrawny, too small, and yet so being the cream of the crop. I
3: thought it was pretty awesome. A great story. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm going say a special thanks to my friend when I get
2: off the air and let him know that it, uh, after we've recorded this, it, yeah. it means a lot now. Congratulations to Texas with the Texas Legislative Medal of Honor. I, only Texas could be able to do that. You and Texas. You and your boy Texas. Hey, you know, we, we do big
3: things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Cash, speaking of a single man with a great team behind him, uh, taking on multiple foes, how about this guy who takes on multiple offers or multiple contracts, however you want to look at it, and that's our friend Brian Couch at Birch Realty. (laughs) Team Couch is the number one realtor group in all of DeSoto County and is nationally ranked. There is not a better team to handle your real estate needs. Considering the market is as tight as it is, there's a lot of pitfalls and errors that can happen and no one wants you to lose that contract or lose confidence in your realtor. I have personally worked with Brian dealing with real estate and it has been a fantastic experience and I have also seen several of my friends use him and Team Couch and all they can tell you is it is above and beyond the most professional team and do what's right to make sure they are 100% happy with their outcome. Guys, Team Couch right now is offering a free market analysis so you can learn about your home and what it's worth, especially if you're even slightly considering selling it. You need to go check them out right now at teamcouch.com or you can call them at 662-449-1700. Guys, this week we have a motivational message brought to you by Matthew McConaughey, and this is going to be a good one. I think you're really going to enjoy his comments and where he leads you with his thoughts, and uh, I hope you enjoy.
0: I'm going to talk to you about some things I've learned in my journey, most from experience, some of them I heard in passing, many of them I'm still practicing, but all of them I do believe are true. Life is not easy. It is not. Don't try to make it that way. Life's not fair. It never was. It isn't now, and it won't ever be. Do not fall into the trap, the entitlement trap, of feeling like you're a victim. You are not. Get over it and get on with it. And yes, most things are more rewarding when you break a sweat to get them. So the question that we've got to ask ourselves is what success is to us, what success is to you? Is it more money? That's fine. I've got nothing against money. Maybe it's a healthy family maybe it's a happy marriage maybe it's to help others to be famous to be spiritually sound to leave the world a little bit better place than you found it continue to ask yourself that question now your answer may change over time and that's fine but do yourself this favor whatever your answer is don't choose anything that will jeopardize your soul Prioritize who you are, who you want to be, and don't spend time with anything that antagonizes your character. We have to define success for ourselves. And then we have to put in the work to maintain it. Take that daily tally. Tend our garden. Keep the things that are important to us in good shape. It is just as important where we are not as it is where we are. Look, the first step that leads to our identity in life is usually not, I know who I am, I know who I am. That's not the first step. The first step is usually, I know who I am not. Process of elimination. Defining ourselves by what we are not is the first step that leads us to really knowing who we are. You know that group of friends that you hang out with that that really might not bring out the best in you? You know, they they gossip too much or they're kind of shady. They really aren't gonna be there for you in a pinch. Or how about that bar that we keep going to that we always seem to have the worst hangover from? Or that computer screen, right? That computer screen that keeps giving us an excuse not to get out of the house and engage with the world and get some real human interaction. Or how about that food that we keep eating? Stuff that tastes so good going down makes us feel like crap the next week we feel lethargic and we keep putting on weight? Well, those people, those places, those things, stop giving them your time and energy. Just don't go there. I mean, put them down. And when you do this, when you do put them down, when you quit going there, when you quit giving them your time, you inadvertently find yourself spending more time and in more places that are healthy for you, that bring you more joy. Why? because you just eliminated the who's, the where's, the what's and the when's that were keeping you from your identity. Like trust me, too many options, <laughs> I promise you, that too many options will make a tyrant of us all. All right, so get rid of the excess, the wasted time. Decrease your options. If you do this, you will have accidentally, almost innocently, put in front of you what is important to you, by process of elimination knowing who we are is hard it's hard give yourself a break eliminate who you are not first and you're going to find yourself where you need to be instead of creating outcomes that take from us let's create more outcomes that pay us back fill us up keep your fire lit turn you on for the most amount of time in your future and since we are the architects of our own lives Let's study the habits, the practices, the routines that we have that lead to and feed our success, our joy, our honest pain, our laughter, our earned tears. Let's dissect that and give thanks for those things. And when we do that, guess what happens? We get better at them and we have more to dissect. Be discerning. Choose it because you want it. Do it because you want to. We're going to make mistakes. you got to own them. Then you got to make amends. And then you got to move on. Guilt and regret kills many a man before their time. So turn the page. Get off the ride. You are the author of the book of your life.
3: This Tuesday we had an alderman meeting. Cash was able to attend again and has some great notes. Cash, catch us up with what happened this week.
2: Well, this one wasn't particularly long and there wasn't anyone being honored, which was a little weird. I think this is only the first or second one that hasn't had such a nice little way to start off the meeting. And this one, like I said earlier in the show, it gets a little feisty. So Miss Tori Ballard came up and she's really worried for the streets. And I completely understand it. And she's mainly focused at Blocker Street, Lee's Crossing, Jefferson Drive, East Sandage, Magnolia Drive, and Old Goodman Road. So everything kind of surrounding Old Town, the train track, city hall, and uh, schools, Olive Branch High School, and how in poor shape these roads are, or at least seem to be. The reason I'm phrasing it like that is because the Planning Commission goes up and down these streets a couple of times a month and grades a lot of these roads to ensure that they are safe to drive on. And I know sometimes they don't. And so the Planning Commission drives up and down these roads a lot, and they have their own grading scale, 0 to 5. Zero being brand new, five being terrible, immediate fix, this is needing ASAP, which I've never even heard of a grading scale really having a zero, so bravo for actually utilizing. Way to step out there and be unique. Yeah, you know, like be a little bit different. And he said a lot of the rows that she's talking about are really just threes. Like, yeah, they're bad, but it's only in certain spots. It might just be a pothole. And is that something we can really go out and fix right now? Whereas some of it that she's talking about, like Old Goodman Road, there's parts of it that are a four and five, and they are desperately trying to fix it. Problem is, those are hard roads to shut down, and it's longer stretches, so the amount of money it's going to cost to fix them just isn't in the budget yet, and we even heard the mayors talk about how that's not going to happen anytime soon because the budget's going to kick in, I believe, 2021. Yeah, is it's 21
3: 22. That's where the CARES Act money uh, is tied in with a lot of that stuff, and it's going to come in. And a lot of that money is earmarked for roads. Yeah, so, and a lot of the money
2: that's coming in this year cannot be used for roads. Correct. And so to have Miss Ballard come in, and the only reason she was up here was because she went and talked to her alderman. She didn't say which one it was. But she spoke to her and said, "I just felt like I wasn't listened to, so I needed to make sure that I brought this to everybody's attention." And I feel a little bit bad Bravo. for the yeah. I mean, no, she did absolutely what she should. But I feel a little bit bad for the older person because I don't know what you can say in those situations. Because if there's not the money in the budget, of course you're probably going to come off as like, "There's nothing I can do. I'm sorry. I've had this conversation with." Part of the it, job. It on, is. You on know, the job. You got to listen to us complain.
3: That's right. You might not be able to fix it, but you better be able to listen.
2: And But bravo to Miss Ballard for following all the protocols, getting up here, and bringing the intention even to the current Mayor Phillips as he was like, hey, I'm just going to give this to the Planning Commission so they can explain it a little bit better and let you know. But she's trying to get a kind of a forum, which I'm going to hopefully be able to get my hands on if they actually do do this and set up on the city website and let you know what streets are currently being worked on, what they're ranked. So we at least know like, okay, we might not be able to fix it yet, but where is it sitting on the totem? You know, what can we do about these roads? That's cool. And there's a lot of talks about beautification and just trying to make sure that people still want to come to Olive Branch, not be deterred by how the roads or city looks. And go down to Hernando, South Haven, or one of the other cities where they can do a lot of the same businesses, but it looked nicer. The next little thing that happened that I didn't even know was really possible was Misty Don Limley's property has been deemed a menace. Uh, You're going to have to explain what you mean by a menace. Well, so ever since I've started, there's been a list of properties that have just looked bad and have needed cleaned up and a few other things. And mostly, everyone has come in and done that and showed the proper paperwork or just photos like, hey, I've cleaned up this property. This lady has done nothing. And it's been a solid three months. And so, the aldermen felt like they have given it enough time. And as we were talking about with Miss Ballard, you still want the city to look nice. So, people don't drive through and be like, ooh, I don't want to live next to that. So, the aldermen felt like they've done everything they could. And they have deemed it a menace, which is going to, I believe... Start taking on some fines and some other possible repercussions. Nice.
3: Wait to wait 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 to slap some regulations or fines on folks that ain't taking care of business.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm pretty interested to see how this gets enforced for just future. Just like we said, it, how often do you get to see something was labeled a menace?
3: I know it. Hey, bravo! Man, <laughs> I
2: can, we'll keep y'all informed if any more what do you call it, developments happen with this one. The last thing that happened was we added an extra $18,411, bringing this up to $33,411 to improve a gas line on Craft Road.
3: Last end of the Alderman meeting, we're going to get to our announcements. Guys, tomorrow is June 8th. That is the big election day, and we want to say go vote. Let me say that again. Go vote. Oh, hey, by the way, go vote. Hey, lastly, one more reminder.
2: Go vote. Go vote. Um, because, like, sadly, we went and looked up previous numbers, and oh, they're just truscious. low. It's, it's atrocious.
3: I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Of, I'm going to call you out, city citizens. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Uh, the voting turnout for the last election, I'm not afraid to say it, it. was pitiful.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was. we don't know the full numbers, but it was close to 10% of the voting population went out yeah. and voted.
3: Okay. So, if we are truly a 40,000-plus uh, city... Uh, who just got added more, which don't get me wrong. I know you people who just got annexed can't vote. But here nor there, we should have 10,000 people voting at the minimum. I mean, so I need people to step up. This is an opportunity. There's been a lot of great campaigns. And this is your opportunity for your voice to be heard. Go out there and vote. This is a big deal. Look, we're going to go ahead and tell you real quick where the polling stations are. If you're new to Olive Branch, but you are a registered voter, Ward 1 is Olive Branch Fire Station Number 2, which is at Craft and Seventy-Eight. Ward 2 is at Summers Hill Fire Station, which is on Pleasant Hill Road, North of Goodman, and that's right next to Pleasant Hill Elementary. Ward 3 is going to be at the Nicholas Community Center on Highway 178 by Hacks Cross Road. And Ward 4 is the Olive Branch Fire Station, which is downtown. That's right, that's right next to the uh, City Hall. City Hall. Uh, ward 5 is at the Olive Branch Fire Station at Hacks Cross. That's right near by the airport. Ward 6 is at Olive Branch's Senior Citizen Center by the DMV and Library
2: over there by the City Park entrance. The next announcement we have is OB Festival, which is going to be taking place this Saturday from 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. at OB Park. There are going to be vendors, food trucks, pet adoptions, church tents, and the one and only Bob Marr Classic Car Show. The events are going to be free, and the first 60 vendors are getting a free spot. So if you haven't already, make sure you go ahead and call them so you can get this done. There's not going to be an entry fee to the car show, but donations are accepted to go towards the DeSoto County Dream Center. And we are going to be there. We would love to meet you like we were just out at the OB Farmer's Market. And, Zach, I had a blast with you out there.
3: Dude, the Farmer's Market was fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, I know everybody talks about Hernando's and stuff, but you want to talk about Mm down-to-earth and meeting some really great people who have kind of held us together because you got to remember – before the pandemic, the farmer's market was kind of in flux. Uh, you know, the city has been gracious to let them continue to do that. They don't charge these people anything out there. They do it truly to help promote the community. We absolutely loved it. When well, you and I went out there Saturday morning. We met every single vendor. We got to talk to so many people. Got to meet a lot of people who already follow us. I thought yep. that was absolutely awesome. Bought a lot of good stuff. You know, and I want y'all to know there is a lot of great things and a lot of great companies. And we want to go ahead and mention a few of them that we ran into. There's Carpenter Farms out there and they do fresh produce. There's Athena Coffee. Let me tell you, they had something. that had like what was it, a chocolate roast or yep. something. It was pretty. Whoa. She had a
2: cold brew that had some peanut butter coming through. Oh my god! So but, that was
3: pretty awesome. There's a place called uh, Accessories and Honey Phase, which make handmade jewelry. Now, given I'm not much one for wearing jewelry, but I can tell you now, I'm happy my wife wasn't with me. She didn't see that stuff. But anyway, there was also JM to the Third, which makes handmade soaps, and they do these like these skin scrubs. One of them smelled like. Sugar cookies? Yes. And I was, I like, was about I to start was, eating it. I was about to start licking it. Yeah, yeah I was, was like, the, sugar, it can't be that bad I knew there you, was right. something wrong when she took it away from me. You know what <laughs> I mean? I get it. And, but, and there
2: was another lady out there doing some soaps with goat's milk and goat's other things. milk? Thing. Like, Who would have thought? Not me. But yeah, then- but Then you smelled them and you were like- I can get down with this. I like to be clean. And know? they were selling some uh, eggs. I actually yeah, bought eggs. some of those. Look, I don't know if you've people. had some fresh eggs just from the chicken, nothing from the store or anything. My goodness, it makes a difference. Oh, yeah
3: um also there was magnolia morning coffee now get this didn't know it this is at my new co-worker at my work and he runs he has his own small business of making his own coffee beans and stuff magnolia morning and, coffee
2: and he's doing a great job with it i yeah, uh went we got home a bag ground. of it
3: i know you were the coffee snob and thought it was legit hey more power there was also bills he has a little booth there and his guy is known for let me tell you here you ready for this this he was is a known thing. For Happy Days Worm Compost, as well as worm juice, which you can
2: use for your garden. Now, did you get a catch of that worm juice as it was sitting over there? It looked like old tobacco spitting there. Well, let me go ahead
3: and tell you. It was a good thing it was about 10 feet away from yeah. me, because I was like, I, if he had picked that up and goes, give
2: this a whiff. <laughs> I don't have any doubt that this is fantastic for your garden, but man, I'm looking at it.
3: Considering the produce that he had had produced based on the items that he was selling. see those zucchini? That thing's as big as your head. It was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So that was awesome. Just just so much stuff out there. There was also uh, Glow G's crafts. Now Mm -hmm. this woman, she made beautiful wreaths and they had uh, these entry doorway signs. You know, that's becoming pretty chic. Yes. The fad, as you want to say. My wife has multiple for our house. (laughs) But those
2: wreaths, Lemon- we put in some recommendations, and there should be some new well colors. Well-received.
3: Well-received, yep. too. Uh, there was also Kayla's Homemade Lemonade, which Ooh. she was jamming
2: that out pretty good. Fantastic. This yeah. is some delicious lemonade that yes. everyone's going to be excited about.
3: There was also Linda Grant, who was the spokesman for the Farmer's Market. She had baked goods and treats everywhere. By the way, recommendation, the banana nut bread is phenomenal. But you also heard her voice as well as several others at the Farmer's Market. There were vendors that helped out in the beginning of our show, so I thought that was a cool
2: little touch. There was also Sassy Sauce. which he, I This went. was your favorite lady. Oh, right? This was your sauce. best friend. Man.
3: She gave us these little samples. And there was Cajun Ranch. And there was like a Cajun Mayo. And she gives you this little Ritz cracker, which I'm like, you see how big I am? And you gave me one mm. cracker? I mean, like I almost ate the plastic cup that stuff <laughs> came in. It was so good. And then she blew me away with uh, I was like, where do we throw the trash wet And she had many – trash cans they were on the table. absolutely genius i was like okay this right here this woman has thought this out oh yeah well Not and then, to mention it was phenomenal yep absolutely phenomenal
2: then i brought out the superstar our secret weapon my mother who's just one of the kindest people you will ever meet which a lot of you did meet she goes over here because she loves spicy she had this habanero mango hot sauce that it made my mom puck up a little bit this is a woman that's eating jalapenos just For like candy. it's candy yeah really? And she was like, ooh, that's nice. We had to go run to the gas station to go get some cash out of the ATM so she could go back. And they're like, oh, my goodness, you came back. Bought three bottles. Oh just right gosh. right out the gate and everything. That's and awesome. Awesome. I was just like, my goodness, yes. this lady's doing something special. There were so many
3: great vendors. There was a lady who had CBD stuff. There was one that had um, – there was two Jams, ladies Jams, jellies. Uh, sweet treats. I bought some of these homemade Almond Joys and homemade peanut butter cups. My children decimated in seconds. <laughs> Uh, it was just fantastic. Got a giant watermelon. It, look, it it was truly a great experience. The weather was great. Everybody was super friendly. It's not crowded. You can flow through there very easily and get stuff. There's a, a lot of prices. parking.
2: Like, right? and yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that I took away from it from from Hernando. You can actually get out of this relatively easy, and you get some fantastic things. Go
3: check it out this Saturday. They're going to be doing this all the way through September, and they're they're even hoping to do it in October and try to do something special for the kids for a Halloween special.
2: Yeah. So just make Olive Branch your day Saturday. Come out to the Farmer's Market, then hop over to Obie Park for the festival yeah. and spend the rest of the afternoon there. Come out and support your community. Absolutely. Guys, one of the last announcements we have, we want to mention some
3: amazing students from our area. They have been awarded scholarships from the National Merit Corporation. This is a major achievement regarding academic success. And so we're going to start off with Lewisburg High. Cash, give us those names.
2: We got Amber Cecil, James Cashon, Bryson Ewing, and Lucas Overstreet. Then Sims, I think you want to take Center Hill. Of course.
3: Center Hill, great guy. Carson Ewing. And then Hernando had Emily Dalton and Ethan Rogers.
2: Then DeSoto Central, my good old Alma Mater came out swinging with Hayden Adams and Sawyer Sterling. And we're going to wrap things up with South Haven joseph jenkins
3: that is the end of the announcements and i know that's a huge honor for those students but not every student goes to college or think that some choose a trade or want to go right into the workforce and there's nowhere better than michael hatchard associates Right now, they're hiring at all levels. I mean all levels, from entry up to higher level, including account managers, estimators, project managers, foremans, irrigation techs. They have a mechanic position open, and like I said before, several crew member positions in construction, maintenance, and irrigation. And those
2: positions, they start off pretty high up, don't they? Oh, there's no
3: doubt. I think the lowest paying start-out pay is $14 to $15. right out of the gate. Out of the gate. And I got news for you. You can't make that at Lowe's, (laughs) Home Depot, your average Joe, whatever. Here's the other thing. Amazing benefits. When I say amazing, I mean amazing. Insurance, retirement. You're basically getting into the company. And after a few years, you start getting into stock options and stuff. I mean, like this is a game changer when it comes to career, no matter what age, what experience level. This is going to be a great job that you're going to have a future with. And that's why they have the hiring motto of hire for life.
2: And I think that's the key that you just said right there. You have a future with them. You can get in as a crew member earning some great money right out of the gate and work your way up into any of those other positions that they have offered.
3: Yes, no doubt. So, guys, go. Go call Gabby right now at 662-755-3207 and tell him OB Pod sent you. Or you can go to HatcherLandscape.com and you can fill out some stuff there if you want to check out the company. This is a great opportunity. Don't miss it. All right, guys, it's time for our news section. And this week, OB Pod was featured in something other than an auditory format. DeSoto County News decided to do an article on us regarding our interview with Ken Adams and Don Hall from last week. Our friend Bob Bakken wrote a wonderful article on us and even featured some of the photos we had from our photo shoot with the candidates. We want to say a special thanks to Bob and all that he did, and we hope you enjoyed last week's episode.
2: The next thing that we found was Olive Branch was just named the fifth safest city in Mississippi according to SafeWise.com, Horn Lake was third, and South Haven was seventh? Bullcrap. <coughs> crap. <coughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, What are you hating on over here? We're top five? You don't like that? Um, No.
3: I don't like... I'm not going to ever be negative and stuff like that, but um, I read the criteria and... It was was all all based off of
2: FBI statistics, and so like it can get a little wonky on who's actually reporting.
3: I'm not downgrading Horn Lake by any means, and I'm not trying to say anything negative to South Haven, but I've lived in Hernando for a long time, and how the idea that Hernando slash Olive Branch is not in the same ballpark
2: as both of those... Hernando wasn't even in the top 15.
3: That's another problem. And so... You tell me my boys at UTW down there are in an unsafe zone, or it's yeah, not like, as safe. It's like
2: a zombie apocalypse out there. They're <laughs> out there yeah. waving machetes, and uh, I mean, that <laughs> farmer's market where you have yoga at seven in the morning—like yeah. it's just not safe. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um,
3: you know, like I said, I'm not going to talk negative about Horn Lake, but I just do not believe that Horn Lake is considered a safer city than Olive Branch. I'm just putting my opinion out there. You know, you can take that as good, bad, or ugly. It just makes me feel like whatever criteria the FBI or this SafeWise.com is using is not match what the local perception is. But you know what? I'm willing to learn anything. And so we're going to investigate SafeWise criteria a little bit more. And I'm not afraid to come back next week and say I was wrong or this, but I just have a hard time with this.
2: Hey, we started this because we weren't happy with the local perception. So maybe there's a way to... Change Horn Lake's local perception.
3: All right, guys, the last bit of news is DeSoto County teachers will be getting a pay raise the upcoming year of $1,400.
2: Well-deserved and bravo.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Now, this is made up from $1,000 from the state and $400 from your local county. And teacher assistants are also getting a raise of $1,200, and that's $1,000 from the state and $200 from the county. They've also added eight hours of PDL time, which is personal discretion leave. So is that something you have to use all at once, or is that... No, it is not. PDL is uh, is given out in discretionary. Like, say a teacher needs to leave for a couple hours to take a child to a doctor, or you need to go handle a financial matter, or just I need to go to the house, whatever my situation is. Uh, the principal and that uh, that staff person works together and they can leave and it doesn't dock them for the whole day and allows them different hours, it's an hour by hour segment. Yeah. Uh, it's a great thing because teachers, you know, have to, you know, juggle a lot of stuff. And so it's it's been a good working uh, process. And so I'm happy we've continued it.
2: No, I, I'm happy it's there, especially since teaching can't be a back and forth remote job. You know, it's kind of one or the other all the way through and oh, we okay. much prefer it to be all at school.
3: Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt.
2: Now, guys, we're gonna throw a little a little wrench in our news
3: section, and we're gonna give you some crazy news on kind of a national level. That it was just so much of a cool story. <laughs> I mean, we just had to, you know, it's kind of a one of those stories you just have to mention because it, you just can't believe it's real. So you need to do some homework and find out. Oh my gosh, this actually did happen. In a small town in Colorado, and so uh, here's a cool story for you guys. Last week was the anniversary, or I should say 15th anniversary, of the Killdozer Rampage of Granby, Colorado. This is a tale about a reasonable man driven to do unreasonable things. Marvin Hemeyer was a man who owned a muffler shop in Granby, Colorado. The city council ordained to approve the construction of a concrete factory in the lot across from Marvin's shop. In the process, this blocked the only access road to the muffler shop. Marvin petitioned to stop the construction with no avail. He petitioned to construct a new access road and even bought a heavy machinery to do it himself, and they denied it. The concrete factory went up in disregard to the ramifications of Marvin's business, and to add insult to injury, the factory construction disconnected the muffler shop from the city sewage lines. An indifferent city government then chose to find Marvin for this. His business and livelihood were in ruin. Rather than lie down and die, Marvin chose to fight back. Over the course of a year and a half, Marvin secretly outfitted a bulldozer he bought to save his business with thick steel and concrete armor and a camera system, completely enclosed with bulletproof glass. On June 4, 2004, Marvin lowered the armor shell over the top of himself, entombing himself inside the killdozer to make his last stand. He burst forth from the walls of the muscle shop straight into the concrete factory that ruined his business. Over the course of the next several hours, Marvin drove his Killdozer through 13 buildings owned by the same officials that had wronged him, including the city council building itself. SWAT teams swarmed the Dozer, but it proved immune to their small arms fire and even explosives. Another piece of heavy machinery was even brought in to fight out with Killdozer, but it too fell to the Dozer's righteous fury. In the end, Marvin's Killdozer became trapped in one of the buildings it was built to destroy and Marvin chose to take his own life, the only life that got took that day. From the notes he left behind after his passing, I was willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things. Well, you might not have the area to clean up after killdozer, but you might have some areas of your house that need some specialized cleaning, as there's no one better than that, that's the Soto Clean. Brian Rowe and his crew specialize in tile and grout, hardwood, and steam cleaning carpet. Guys, they do everything from disaster restoration and cleanup to rebuild. They have over 17 years experience and do a phenomenal job. If you go to their Facebook page now, you can see several videos that shows before and after to show how talented they are in doing what they do. I can tell you personally, I have used them many times in my home, and I know several friends that have used them as well. It's always a professional experience, and they're always satisfied customers. Bonus, if you tell them that you heard about us on OB Pod, they give you 15% off your bill. Additionally, if you're an educator, a first responder, or or military experience, you get 20% off. Don't wait, and if you want to save your back, call DeSoto Cleaning right now, and they're going to take care of you. Also, guys, if you've got a house that's considered what a lot of people would call a nuisance or a menace, as we talked about earlier, this may be trash or broken, busted, needs repair, or you just don't want to fool with it or it was given to you and it's just not anything you have time for and you want to unload it quick and you want to use a company that you don't feel like it's going to cheat you, then I would check out Rodman Properties. Go to iBuyDeSoto.com. That is iBuyDeSoto.com. Check out what they do as a company. This is ran by Abby and Spence Rodman. Fantastic family that does a local business that helps the homes in our area. Every house that they buy, they rehab resell, or turn into a top-notch rental property that improves the community, does not hurt real estate value in the area. This is the kind of people you want to work with. Check them out, again, their website, iBuyDesoto.com. So this leads to our Facts of the Week, which is brought to you by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum, located in Hernando on Commerce Street, across from the Area 51 Ice Cream Shop. Today's topic is the Bank of Olive Branch. If you drive through the city of Olive Branch today... You will find a bank just about on every corner. Citizens have a variety of options to choose from, making it difficult to narrow down which one is right for you. This was not the case, however, before 1970. Prior to that time, if people wanted to save money, they either had to consult with banks of Memphis, which were sometimes 10 miles away. Most people resorted to an old shoebox. A man named J.N. Brown, who had apparently gained trust with many of the residents, became the unofficial community treasurer of Olive Branch. With the heavy responsibility and the desire to maintain trust, he organized and opened the Bank of Olive Branch on January 1, 1917. Primarily open for the convenience of for his neighbors and friends, Mr. Brown opened his small financial establishment in the back of the W.T. Woods Pharmacy. You have to take note during this time that people seemed more trustworthy, especially due to small sizes of community. There was no need for an FDIC yet. The residents of the small town were able to hold each other accountable. Thus, Mr. Brown did not seem to run into any trouble keeping his friends' or neighbors' money safe during the town's treasury. As time went on, the population and needs of the community grew. By 1950, the Bank of Olive Branch was remodeled and expanded to better serve the needs of the bustling community. Some years later, the Bank of Mississippi, which is Bank Corp South, would buy out the Bank of Olive Branch and build a new facility in the center of town. The former site of the Bank of Olive Branch is now the home of the Olive Branch Chamber of Commerce. If you
2: go in there today, you can still see one of the vaults of the original bank. That is an incredible fact and something that I don't think I would have ever known about had we not done something like this. Uh,
3: I never walked into the chamber and I'm embarrassed now. And guess what my next week plan is on my week off?
2: You're going to be heading open looking through the chamber. They better let
3: me in that mirth is what I got to <laughs> say. But uh, well, Rob, thanks so much for that awesome, awesome fact. Really appreciate that.
2: That wraps up our intro and we have a fantastic show lined up for you with a nice, short, little true crime and a sports section honoring some deserving candidates.
3: Do you think you're paying too much for insurance or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today at 662-893-5250 or visit him at his office at 6901 Cockrum Road, which is Highway 305.
2: Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the olive branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873.
3: Carla Ann Hughes, dubbed Mississippi's Most Notorious Murderer by ThoughtCatalog.com, was convicted of two counts of capital murder. Her heinous crime took place in November of 2006 when she murdered her lover's pregnant fiancé, Avis Banks. By all accounts, she had a normal upbringing and even excelled in school. Hughes was born in 1981 and raised in Greenville, Mississippi. Much of her childhood was spent horseback riding and competing in beauty pageants. She eventually moved to Hattiesburg to attend the University of Southern Mississippi, and after earning a bachelor's degree, she went to Delta State University, where she continued her education until her arrest, at which time she was working on her doctorate. The fact that Hughes was a teacher at the time makes her crime even more shocking, especially to her local community. Hughes began her career as an elementary school teacher. Eventually, she accepted a job as a language arts teacher at Chastain Middle School in Jackson, Mississippi. After beginning her job in Jackson, Hughes forged a relationship which would have everlasting consequences. While working at Chastain Middle School, Hughes began an intimate relationship with Keon Pittman, a fellow teacher and basketball coach. At the time, Pittman's fiancé, Avis Banks, was pregnant with his child. On the night of November 29, 2006, Pittman discovered his lifeless body of Banks in the garage of their Ridgeland home. It appeared that someone kicked in the back door to gain access to the home, and once inside, the perpetrator shot and stabbed Banks. Immediately after discovering his deceased fiancée, Pittman called Hughes, piquing the interest of investigators. Initially, Hughes denied being involved in the relationship with Pittman, as well as having access to a gun. It didn't take long for police to find proof that Hughes was lying. Shortly after the murder, Hughes' cousin told police that he let her borrow a loaded 38 caliber revolver, the same type of weapon used in the slangs. Furthermore, the gun was empty when she returned it. On December 8, 2006, Hughes was officially charged with two counts of capital murder. Her trial began several years later in October of 2009. Aside from motive and the weapon, prosecutors provided some pretty incriminating evidence in trial. In addition to cell phone records confirming that Hughes was near Banks and Pittman's home at the time of the murder, her shoes matched prints left at the back door. On October 13, 2009, after just eight hours of deliberation, the jury reached a verdict. Hughes was found guilty of two counts of capital murder for the death of Avis Banks and her unborn child. Rather than the death penalty, which she was eligible for, Hughes was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences without parole. Is planning your summer getaway becoming too much of a hassle? Then reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher of Magical Destinations. Whether it's a trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destination is locally owned in Hernando, so give them a call today at 662-469-6304, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited.
2: With summer here, are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to desotodumpsters.com. You'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They're open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service Desoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties, so visit them at desotodumpsters.com or give them a call at 901 one two nine nine oh nine sixteen. Now we're gonna roll into sports with the Mid South Girls Hockey Club having a pizza social on June the thirteenth at one thirty PM Last week we talked about the DeSoto
3: Lobos having a tryout here at the local city park. Uh my son decided to try this out cash and I wanted to let you know uh he was trying out for the o8 team and I hate to say it, but I was a little disappointed. The uh he, uh, he signed up, went out there, and looked at the sheet, and it only had five kids show up for the 0-8 team. What? We're only signed up to be there. And get this. Of the five, he was the only one that actually physically showed up for the tryout on his age level.
2: That's insane. For seeing everything that's happening with soccer. Like, how did we I only have know. one person?
3: You know, I told y'all he went to try it out for the mm-hmm. Soto FC and made that. But he wanted to try this one out, too, and see what the experience was. You know, it's about having options. You know, That's okay. It's free. Anybody's welcome. And he got out there. There may be thirty boys altogether. There was thirty boys in his age group at the Desoto FC. There was only thirty total of all age groups at the Olive Branch City Park. It's a little so- sad. I didn't used to be that way. I talked to a few parents, and they said that things have changed, and so I'm hoping the Soto Lobos uh, has a rejuvenation, and we're wishing them the best, that maybe it can get back to the glory it used to be.
2: Yeah, hopefully the FC didn't come in and just kind of tank everything that the Lobos were building.
3: I hope not. I hope not. I've also heard that some of the other Lobo teams out of Carville and Mike Rose,
2: have a lot been. of the kids have
3: tr- migrated that way, so...
2: And as we talked about with the mayors, you know, they have some plans for ensuring that we don't have our parents taking their kids to other areas and keeping them here in Olive Branch. Absolutely. Speaking of Olive Branch, we want to give the high school player of the year, Rima Piggies, her due as she was named the 2021 Gatorade Player of the Year finalist.
3: Yeah, that's a huge honor. Guys, people who make Gatorade Player of the Year usually leads to big scholarships, big opportunities. And that's really good for her. Uh, Sadly, you know, on the other side of this is that she has hurt her knee and will be having surgery on it. And they hope that she has a full recovery where she can start next season. So this is tough news to hear out of Olive Branch because she's a phenomenal young lady. I speak to the administrator and teachers over all the time, and she's top notch. And so if I know her
2: and her work ethic, she'll be back fully strength and strong, and it'll be a great season for Olive Branch. Speedy recovery to her. And Zach was lucky enough to get an interview with Coach Peyton Callahan, who's going to be y'all's new baseball coach. That's correct, guys. And look, let's go to that interview right now.
3: Guys and gals, we've got a special guest this week. I've got Coach Peyton Callahan. This is our new baseball coach at Center Hill High School. Coach, how are you doing today?
1: i'm doing great coach sims how are you man
3: doing well doing well man Uh, man you know it feels good to hear that word coach sims you know a lot of people don't realize i used to coach and everybody still calls me that so i'm going to say thank you for doing that
1: (laughs) no problem at all
3: coach man are you how excited are you to get to to lead the team for next year
1: oh man it's hard to put in words man proud of these boys they uh we overcame a lot this year a lot of adversity they fought hard they stuck with me you know bought in what we were selling and and I just can't wait to continue on, put in work this summer, put in work in the fall, and, uh, you know, see what kind of products we can put on the field after a full year one.
3: That's great, Coach. We're, we're looking forward to it. I mean, like, just to hear that all the coaches are sticking together and uh, y'all are going to continue what magic you had this year. I know it also had to be tough to see that Saltillo won state, knowing that we pretty much had them on the ropes and that could have been our game, that could be our state championship. Yeah, um, you
1: know, happy for those guys, proud of them. Um, you know, they, they're a good baseball team. Uh, like you said, you know, we took them to game three, lost two to one, this point lost. So yeah, it's a little bittersweet seeing them win it, but you know, all credit goes to them. They deserve it. Um, you you know, they played us a great series. Uh, you know, hopefully we can maybe schedule them again in the future and maybe run it back and see how it goes.
3: I like that, Coach. I like that. That's a good idea. That's a good way to look at it. Now, Coach, before we go any farther, can you give us a little background to uh, so the listeners get to know uh, your experience uh, as a player, as a coach? Anything you can tell us?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, starting off, I played high school ball at Houston uh, High School in Mississippi. Uh, I was about forty-five minutes south of Tupelo. We were uh, uh, a four-A uh, back when there was three school. Now, I um, played there under Coach Scott Gann, who's an assistant. At Tupelo High School now, great coach. Learned you know a ton under him. Uh, then I went to Mississippi Delta. Uh, played UCO ball there under Coach Michael Avalon. Pitched, played shortstop. You know, obviously learned a ton under Coach Avalon. He's at Pro River now. He's actually just named Coach of the Year uh, this year. So I learned a ton under him. After After Mississippi Delta, I went to Blue Mountain. Finished out my playing days there, and then I was a graduate assistant at Blue Mountain there for a uh, year under Coach Fowler. Uh, so really, just trying to take you know everything I learned under those three uh, great coaches, you know apply it going forward on the team. After I left Blue Mountain, I got my first job there at Corinth uh, under Coach Scar again, another great coach who um, you know taught me a ton about the game. Uh, so going to take what I learned under him as well, and you know go forward with it and see what we can make out this year.
3: That's awesome, Coach. So, Coach, you talked about the future of the season and stuff like that. What do y'all got going for these boys for this summer, going into the fall, so that the parents and the community be, can be excited about where it's going?
1: Oh, uh, well, man, we're uh, like I said, we're gonna put a lot of a lot of work in the field, a lot of work into the kids this summer. As of right now, we started our throwing program uh, and started hitting the weight room pretty hard. You know, trying to trying to get them, trying to get them bigger, stronger, faster. You know, hopefully, we can add some velocity to a lot of our pitchers' arms on the mound. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be long tossing there, getting in the weight room, uh, you know, just trying to develop from year to year. We'll go, right now we're going three days a week throughout the summer and then moving into the fall, early summer, or late summer, moving into the fall, we're going to try to do some, uh, some good field renovations. We're putting up a, uh, putting up a brick backstop with net, uh, with netting in there. So hopefully, you know, we can move on with that, get that started here soon. and, Get that put up, have some nice field renovations going into the new year, kind of a kind of a new look to the program.
3: Coach, that's awesome to hear, man. I know a lot of parents will be really excited about that and it'll kind of create maybe a little bit of a baseball mecca there at the Hill. And uh, that's something that's been long overdue and so we're we're really looking forward to it. I know Cash and I are gonna go to a lot of games next year and try to do some on field reporting and do some post game reports with you, and we look forward to you being able to do that.
1: Oh, man, it sounds great. Looking forward
3: to it. Coach, we want to say thanks again uh, for your time. And we want to tell you congratulations again on the promotion. And we look forward to the baseball
2: season. And uh, hopefully you'll uh, join us again soon. Sounds great.
1: Thanks for
2: having me. What a fun dude. I can't wait to see what he does with Center Hill High School baseball after the season that y'all just had.
3: Yeah, I know. it. I hope it's a continuation, um, the tradition and so on. I mean, bottom line is the team that won state, which is Saltillo, which is a cuss word at our school, <laughs> um, we – should have beat them and should have advanced ahead of them and it was down to one run and just to see that they went one state which means that we probably could have won state that's that's a that's a bitter pill to, to to really swallow but you know what coach Callahan was a big part of that and we're not really we're not losing any of the baseball coaches mm-hmm. it's just kind of a shuffle of leadership uh, and so it's the same collective and same partnership and so I think it's going to be a great situation
2: isn't that funny how sports work you're like well we lost to the champion and we almost beat them so that means we easily could have ran the same table they did and clearly, have been the state champions. I absolutely love that about sports. There's no doubt. Now, I want to try to keep a little bit of our debate going on, and hopefully we're not going to be agreeing this time, but what do you believe is the best college tailgating sport? I might surprise you with this, Cash, but I do believe that baseball are is going, you to, kidding going to take
3: the cake on this Oh, one.
2: my goodness. I, I'm right there with you. I know a lot of people are going to say football and the fantastic things you got, like the Grove, uh, State's, I mean just like a whole by the atmosphere. But to me, being able to tailgate and watch the game, you're grilling some hot dogs right there on the coves or the walls outside, being able to still watch the baseball game,
3: nothing beats it. See to me, like tailgating is about being able to experience the sport as well. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about pre game celebration or football all the way football all the way, but when it talks to to me, when it comes to tailgating, Tailgating means you get to experience the game, experience your own food, your own entertainment, as well as the ball game uh, with friends and family and so on. And baseball is one of those sports where you can actually be out in the outfield or in areas and do that and yep. be there to see the game live with not having to watch a television. So to me, that's that little extra that makes it makes the difference.
2: The extra part for me is being able to listen to it on radio. For some reason, baseball translates completely auditory like a podcast to me. And there's nothing I love more than hearing a guy describe pitches as I'm just laying there enjoying everything going on. Then you got the atmosphere of all those people tailgating. It's not even close to me.
3: I agree, Cash. And here's the thing. You're 0 for 2 when it comes to debates because so far we've been agreeing on everything. So we might as well just scratch the idea (laughs) of calling this the debate section. Well,
2: I mean, it's just wild. At no point in time would I have figured somebody else would enjoy baseball tailgating as much as I did. So I fully expected you to go football. Well,
3: I'm going to give you this nugget. I like baseball tailgating. I'm not a huge fan of just going to watch a baseball game. So there's a big difference. You're talking to the guy who lives, breathes, and dies football. Yeah. But if I get to go to a tailgating experience for a baseball, that's great. Because guess what? There's a lot of downtime in baseball. And I think that's what a lot of drag there is. Like, watching baseball on television is brutal. Not college
2: baseball, though. That's why I was going for that atmosphere uh, and everything. Like, well, it is speedy with as much. They don't I have as many you, TV I'll timeouts college, or anything. I'll give you college is improved, but uh,
3: MLB oh. Snorefest. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. Like, unless we're in the unless playoffs. Unless the World Series yeah. playoffs and it's a team you love, In which I'm not a huge baseball guy, so there, there is nobody I'm just dying, <laughs> dying to say I love. Tailgating adds that extra element of in-between. So you still get the experience a great deal. You're on site. You get to see the moments as well as you're with friends and family. It's the best of all worlds.
2: No, absolutely. And maybe I need to start putting these debate questions up a little bit beforehand so we can talk before.
3: Well, you also, that's the whole point. Debate, you should be a little surprised about each other's answer. You expect it to be one way. It is what it is.
2: Yeah. I mean, I fully came in here expecting you to say football and shocked me. I'm glad that we had that. But hey, 0 for 2 on it. But I'm glad we both agree that baseball is the best tailgating college sport. There you go. Now, guys, if you listen
3: to us and you're enjoying what you're hearing, we ask you to go check out our brother podcast, UTW or which is Under the Water Tower, as they cover Hernando and its surrounding community. They have great content on music and movies right now that you will absolutely love as they debate what is the best and what is the worst. I think you'll really enjoy it so much so that Cash and I have agreed to kind of follow suit and do some of the similar topics over the next few weeks. And maybe we'll see how our answers compare to theirs. As we wrap up our show, we ask you to check out our advertisers and really give them a look. We have some great people that offer some great services, are great job opportunities, and other things for our community, and it goes a long way to help them, sort of helps us. If you're interested in being an advertiser for us on this podcast, please reach out to us at theobpodcast at gmail.com, as well as you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at OBPod. Reminder, please tell your friends and share our posts on Facebook and Twitter
2: that have the audio tags to help build our podcast. Now, we may not be having another episode coming out until next week, but you will be able to see us out at the voting polls and also at OB Festival this weekend. That's right, guys. If you want to meet some person, we're likely going to be at those places.
3: Well, I know we're going to be at the LB Festival, so please make sure you look for two ogres, one that has Palomalo hair and the other <laughs> one that looks semi-bald with a beard. Can't miss us. But anyway, guys, that's going to be it for this show. Uh, until next week, I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we'll see you all there.